welcome to Flop Pet Talk Podcast. Uh, my name is Ilma and today on our very, very, very first podcast, we're going to be sitting down with someone very special named Skylar. Skylar is going to be talking to us about her journey to getting her very own service dog, Yona, as well as what led her to this decision. Join us for some amazing banter, a lot of tangents. This episode will include some talk about mental health disorders, just as a disclaimer. Um, and we hope you enjoy and let's do some good. Skylar, it is so, so, so lovely to meet you. Thank you so much for joining us on our first ever Flop Pet Talk. <laughs> I guess uh, this kind of makes you like a founding member now as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me and for this opportunity. It I'm is- very excited. Sure. No, it's so nice to have you on. And um, so before we begin with anything, would you like to just introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. So my name's Sky. I'm currently 23. I'm a student at Open Window studying BA in communication design. Um, I'm an animal lover and I also have some disabilities. Welcome. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So, um, so before we get into the all the heavy questions uh, we're gonna do a little icebreaker <laughs> so all right cool so i'm gonna ask you some rapid fire questions and you're gonna try and answer them as quickly and honestly as you can okay let's do it okay so what's your favorite color black <laughs> your guilty pleasure chocolate your pet peeve when people try to dismiss my hearing disability by trying to tell me i talk so well um, <laughs> Your favorite pet account right now? Um, so there's an account called Cooper the Chocker Collie, and then obviously Finnegan Time. So yeah. <laughs> um, your favorite small business account right now? Um, currently Crybaby Thrift. Crybaby Thrift. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do they do? So it's a thrift store basically. I'm like summarizing it but all right right, got it um okay coffee or tea 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 same uh well kind of no not always (laughs) (laughs) shower or a bath shower all the way uh early bird or night owl night owl but want to be an early bird don't we all and then uh, introvert or extrovert introvert i like people but i'm an introvert and your favorite Netflix show right now? Um, probably Friends at the moment. I've rewatched it, I think, four times. Same. <laughs> it's just new uh, things every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the older I get, the more I start to identify with, like, Monica and Phoebe at the same time. Same, 100%. <laughs> Like that, I am both of them. <laughs> All right, awesome. Okay, uh, give me one second. Let me just uh, get the velociraptor. Are you gonna continue to? Okay. All right. Love, <laughs> can you come take the, the the chaos? Can you just take the chaos? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. So, Skylar, it's really incredible how you are taking control of your life and seeking support through a service dog. 
Can you tell us a little bit about like your experiences with hearing impairment and the psychiatric disorders you've mentioned? So let's start with the hearing. Um, it's been difficult adjusting to it because I only lost my hearing in grade 10 and it was only a slight hearing loss and it slowly got worse and worse and worse. Now I'm on moderate hearing loss. It's been difficult communicating to people because I seem fine or I work really hard to keep up with the conversations, but it's a struggle. It's quite isolating sometimes. You don't know what you're missing out on. You don't know what's around you always, which can be quite scary. Um, with the psychiatric side of things, I think there's a lot of misinformation and romanticizing of mental illness. Yeah, for sure. And it's just not the case. <laughs> and it, it's been quite challenging. Last year, I hit rock bottom, to be honest. And that's when I first was like, cool, I need to look into something else to help me. Medication and therapy is just not cutting it. My hearing aids aren't bringing me enough comfort to be aware of my surroundings. Yeah, um, to feel confident. Exactly. Just, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's where I started looking into other options and I came across service dogs. And, yeah, it's been a lot of research trying to find out where to even get a service dog because they're a lot more popular in Europe than the US, you know. Yeah. Relatively new. Yeah, here you basically just like know more or less about okay, the Guide Dogs Association is a service dog association we have, but you never, the, 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 it's a very gray area when it comes to other service dogs in South Africa as well. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, so yeah, it took a while to find organizations that actually train dogs for disabilities that I have, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited and very grateful that I found the smart dog and the smart service dog. Um, that's what it's called. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm very grateful that I also had the opportunity to work with a dog that was already in training. Because um, normally it takes between two to three years to get a dog trained specifically for you. So in my case, it's taking about a year, a year and a half. So very grateful for that. That's incredible. Were they already training Yoda just for in general or? Yeah. So they were training him because, okay, so a service dog training, do you want to go into that quickly? Yeah, sure. Go <laughs> right. jumping around completely. <laughs> um, so they have to go through like puppy training and obedience training before they even start service dog training. So they had started training him for that and preparing him to become a service dog and then waiting to pair him up with someone and then train him specifically for their needs. Um, so it was kind of... So you finished high school, you didn't specialize yet, so they started yeah. specializing him for you. For you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be on this journey. It's a bit scary putting myself out there, but I think it's important with awareness and everything, especially because service dogs are new to South Africa. Yeah. Can imagine you you mentioned um before before the podcast that uh moderate hearing loss and auditory processing disorder is something that a lot of people get confused about do you yes. did you just mean that it's because they see you and you're like but you look absolutely fine there's nothing wrong <laughs> so that's part of it the other part of it auditory processing disorder isn't really known commonly so you don't necessarily have to have hearing loss to have the disorder but i just happen to have both what that kind of feels like is your brain mixes up 
sounds in your brain like when you hear them it kind of all jumbles up so sometimes it feels like I'm talking to someone and they're speaking in like similish you know oh um, <laughs> yeah it's kind it's of like a dream obviously like Levinson's forever and everyone yeah. is <laughs> already coming to that so I feel like yeah, you're <laughs> um no it's kind of the way I describe it to people who really struggle to understand it's almost like auditory dyslexia Okay. where like, the sounds get jumbled up and then that in itself can sometimes impact my speech and how I pronounce certain things and then that creates a lot of anxiety because I want to present myself properly but I'm I'm scared of mixing things up you know yeah and also growing up hearing normally and then having this change it was quite hard to adjust to that um because I knew what I was missing out on um yeah I'm trying and to think. Like an incredible loss as well, especially at that age. It's, you're already at an age where you feel insecure about yourself in the world. And now this big thing happens to you that makes you even more different. And it, I can imagine that's super scary, especially at that age. It was. It was also socially awkward for me because, one, you just have insecurities at that age. And then having something that makes you different or stand out a little bit, like wearing hearing aids, it just it creates a little bit more uncertainty in yourself. Um, but also, when I first got my hearing aids, I'd have kids like want to come and look at them and like touch them and be like, "Can I see them? Can I?" And I was okay with close friends, but there's a difference between genuine curiosity that still has compassion and acknowledges that hey, this is a sensitive issue, yeah. and then people just being curious and quite honestly, excuse the language, but assholes, to just because they want to know. And they don't really think about how they ask things. Yeah, that they're asking another human. They're just like, hey, what's that? Um, without exactly. factoring you're actually there and you have feelings about this too. <laughs> exactly. Um, or people, in the way they ask, they kind of challenge whether I'm disabled enough because they can't, it's not tangible to them. And because I, I work hard at keeping up with my speech, at trying to fill in the gaps based on the context of the conversation my brain's working extra hard to keep up. And just because people don't see that, they kind of go, you're fine. You don't have a disability. Just get um, over it. Or I think that's yeah. a, that encompasses the entire problem with mental health awareness in this country as well. Yeah. Yeah. Same applies to mental illness. And a lot of the time when I'm out in public, in terms of the psychiatric disorders, it's fake it till you make it, you know, you try and keep that mask on, you try and present, okay, when in reality it's like, I, I didn't even want to leave my house, never mind be in this situation. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, and with, with PTSD, last year got to the point that I wouldn't leave the house by myself. Um, it was just too overwhelming, it was too scary. So parking lots are a big trigger for me. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And... I know they don't mean badly, but like parking guards following you to and from the car completely freaks me out. Oh yeah, like, they're actually like, does she have a disability? If she, if I don't know if you you park in the disability parking at all, or we so, need to get <laughs> So I don't at the moment, but I'm doing research into it in certain situations if it makes more sense in terms of the space to get Yoda in and out of the car. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to take away from those with physical mobility. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so with the parking lot guys, though, it it's these men following you to and from your car, and that like that in itself is enough for me to be like, cool. I don't need to go to the shops. I I'm fine. I'll stay at home. And obviously, I want to be independent. I want to go do my shopping. I don't want to rely on like my boyfriend and my friends and my mom and dad. And I want to yeah. be able to do those simple things without being too scared to leave the house. Exactly. Um, and that's where Yoda's going to come in. So very excited for that. I'm excited too. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Tell us a bit about Yoda. We've been talking about Yoda, but like, tell us, you know, tell us about him. <laughs> so Yoda is a golden retriever. He's currently nine months old. Um, he is going to be a multi-purpose service dog. Um, he currently is being brought up by his uh, foster family. I'm incredibly grateful for them and everything they're doing. Um, I am obviously sad I've missed the puppy stage, but it trust is what me, it is. Tr- trust me, you don't. <laughs> I, I have, um, like, I've diagnosed depression and general anxiety as well. And I got thin because I was like, he's going to be great. I'm not going to work alone from home anymore. There's just going to be another body, you know, I'm going to have yeah. something to be busy with. The puppy blues that I got because of him, you know, the chewing, the biting, the nonstop, everything, it actually sent me spiraling hard. <laughs> uh, it was bad. Uh, it's only now starting to get a little bit better. But yeah, I think I'll think twice next time I, I really want a puppy. But I guess it's, it's, a, it's a good idea until they're there. You're like, yeah, we're, we, we shouldn't have done this. <laughs> Then maybe it's a good thing I missed out on you. If you want the puppy phase, just go visit the puppies and like yeah. leave, leave them. It's like being the cool aunt. You can go, you can spend time with them. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, no, yeah. oh, but um, I do understand that that bonding phase and all of that. That the, the I mean, just the exactly, exactly. <laughs> No, but I mean, we're going to be spending every day together 99.999% of the time. So we will bond. Um, yeah, I, just, I also feel bad for taking him away from his foster family because obviously there'll be a bond there. Oh, but I think. So we've spoken about becoming, uh, like he's spoken about, like being a foster family way in the future. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if. I have the heart to do something like that. Like that's incredible that like that they're doing that in the first place, and that they can do that in the second place. Yes. Um, no. So okay. So let's talk a bit about your fundraiser. Okay. So obviously, um, it's not covered on medical insurance. You know, the training for a service animal in South Africa, I would assume. So SA guide dogs are covered and sponsored a lot more than the other organizations. It's unfortunate, but it's because it's quite new. We did try and see if there was a way for medical aid to cover it, but they were just not having it, unfortunately. Um, So I've actually got a bit of a breakdown of the cost. Just give me one second. Okay. Ooh, juicy. So, (laughs) So Yoda himself and all the work that's gone into him from Smart Dog costs 120K. And that includes things like the breeder and making sure he was a purebred because they're part of the process from the moment the dogs are born. And they do a bunch of different tests and temperament tests to make sure the dog's kind of up for it. 
Then there's all the startup equipment. It's all the vet bills and the food bills during the foster period. So for us, it's a year and a half. Um, the medical aid, all the grooming, deticking, deworming, all that kind of stuff. And then um, all the puppy school obedience classes, all the different tests. So he's done puppy school, he's passed obedience, and then he's passed his CGC, so Canine Good Citizen um, Bronze, and then he's doing his Silver in March. So it's all those tests, it's all the training. It also covers two training sessions or workshops that I'm going to have to go through with him. Um, and then obviously just the housing in general. So that all kind of falls into the 120K. The 30K that we are, have added to it is to cover all the ones of expenses my family has. Um, and then it's also to cover the first year of vet bills, medical aid, and feeding. Because um, obviously it's very important when I also feed them. It can't just be any cheap brand it has to be like a yeah. proper nutritious diet yeah um, i mean it should be like that for most dogs but yeah it should i think it should be like that for all dogs i just think that like the accessibility and the price yeah. points and just people don't know you know exactly. <laughs> and because i'm dependent right now on my parents financially that's not that would be freeing yeah it I want to be able to support Yoda and myself, and we do need a bit of assistance for the first year covering all the costs, um, unfortunately, there's what it is. Um, but yeah, the plan kind of is for once I have Yoda, once I'm more stable and I've got my independence back just to do the small things, I'm going to put myself out there, work hard at getting a job, and then get to the point that I'm independent and don't have to rely on everyone else. Well, let's get you there. That's insane. It's, it takes a lot of bravery to encourage to actually post that. I can imagine like the anxiety you must have been experiencing creating that page. So much, so much anxiety. I'm very grateful for the positive feedback. So many people have been sharing and donating. I'm, I don't have the words to explain how grateful I am. Um, but it has been very nerve wracking already with having anxiety as is. And <laughs> okay. it's like, and when I posted it, you're just like, <laughs> what have I done? I need to um, not look at anything for a little while. I'm going to go like that. <laughs> that was so scary. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've received a lot of positive feedback and I'm grateful for every every share, every donation. It goes a long way. So. Well, it's and a great cause. So, you know what? Thank you. Thank and you. thank you for this opportunity as well. Oh, thank you. And, and like thank you for being brave enough to share your story as well. Like that that yeah. takes a lot. <laughs> thank you. Don't always get it right, but I try to communicate as well as I can. I'm also aware that down the line I want to share the experience of having a service dog and create use it as an opportunity to create more awareness around my disabilities and service dogs in general. So I need to get used to this. I need to get a practicing so yeah. what was the what was the process of finding um finding a, a, a place that actually trains service dogs i mean obviously you didn't wake up one day going you know what i'm gonna get a service dog you obviously did your research into alternative methods that you can yes. find help um, how did that happen so tiktok actually um <laughs> <All> <laughs> <together>. <laughs> one real at a time <laughs> 
um, I started getting a lot of videos about service dogs and mental illness. And then I did, I decided to look into it and see what different types you got. And then they, I saw some psychiatric service dogs. I saw some hearing service dogs. Um, and I just kind of dived into all the research I could, started burgling it, started looking at different trainers. And the more stories I learned, obviously it's unfortunate, but it was in South African context, but still. Um, the more stories I learned, the more I was like, okay, this makes sense for me. Like, yeah, it's going to give me my going to give me my freedom it's also the companionship that comes with a dog is something you can't get from medication you can't yeah. get from hearing aids just the emotional aspect goes beyond the psychiatric tasks like deep pressure therapy alerting to panic attacks actually having this creature that loves you and you love them yeah like unconditionally like you don't need to worry about what they're thinking like oh, what did i if what if i did something like you know you know that like you are their whole world they're your whole world so exactly exactly and it brings brings a lot of purpose and responsibility yeah if you're looking after something beyond yourself so even on the bad days Yoda is going to be the reason I have to get up on those bad yeah, days. Help you, help you keep that routine that every forum says is good for you when you're feeling down. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of self-research. And eventually I, I, like, emailed every dog training service that I could find in South Africa and then found one or two options. And then Smart Dog was like, cool. We have the ability to work with you. You just need to do the application process. It's like, oh, great. Cool. <laughs> Let me just do it. <laughs> yeah. um, but that in itself was quite long because you have to get letters from your doctors proving your disabilities and also stating that despite the disabilities, you are capable of being responsible for a dog. So if you are unfortunately in a position where you just cannot look after the dog, then... Yeah service dogs unfortunately aren't an option but I'm very lucky that I can so yeah. that's exciting and how awesome that you are able to be in a position to do that you know so yeah. so pretend play google for two seconds right someone in South Africa is googling um how to get a multi-purpose service dog or how to you know the process of getting through this okay so you mentioned that you'd need to get the certificates from your doctors and all of that so what else is completely necessary for that so each service dog provider at least that's what i'm going to call them um they have their own application requirements so you have to fill out the whole form you have to reach out to them first and then get the application information you need to get the relevant medical documentation and letters to prove it. And then they go and they review your information, they check references, they find out as much as they can about you. Then we had a house visit from the main trainer and the main organizer. And we spoke about what would a service dog actually do for me? Like what tasks would make sense? Like does this actually make sense? Or yeah, are you just... Yeah. exaggerating that's a horrible way to put it but like is this, <laughs> yeah. is this the right fit or do you need something a little bit different like that kind yeah, of thing. exactly exactly and are your expectations on the dog also realistic because at the end of the day 
as amazing as they are, they are still dogs, you know, and they still yeah. they're still living beings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so after that visit, we agreed on certain timelines and days, and we agreed that the fundraiser would happen, um, and they would support the fundraiser um, despite like there was no pressure to get all the money up front. Um, and then, yeah, it's been a process of just getting updates on Yoda, me doing some research and kind of watching in on some classes and slowly learning more about dogs. Um, and then the next phase is Yoda's going to come and stay with me for a few days in March. We're going to go to a workshop together. I'm so excited. <laughs> I've got a down app on my phone. Um, and then he'll go back, train for a couple more weeks just to finalize everything. Then he'll come live with me permanently and we will be tested as a, as a pair for public access because you have to pass the public access test to qualify as a service dog team yeah. and have the legal rights to... I was going to ask, it. so if that's an actual certification anyone with a dog can get if they go through the right steps to get the public access or this, is it like you have to yeah. do happy good school, like GCGs CGCs <laughs> and like everything before so, getting back, or is that just a separate thing that people can go through? So, from my understanding, you have to go through all the other tests, yeah, before public access. So, your dog needs to have obedience training, needs to have the three levels of the CGCs because that's part of manners in public, and you need that training in order to pass the public access test. So, they kind of build on each other. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Because like that's one thing I think that's a very great area for me because, mm -hmm. um, especially here, because there is no real allocation for other service dogs. And if I say other, I don't mean less important or more important than guide dogs. Please, like, no, <laughs> <just> tell me. <laughs> but it, it's basically just you know, guide dogs are the only thing that we see on TV. Every it's a guide dogs association. And you have then the other amazing welfare organizations that could get supported. But Guide Dogs Association kind of also falls under that welfare. But there's no real allocation for other service dogs, for people who have specific, specific service dog needs in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And like they don't have access to, um, to buildings and anything like that. Like I know for a fact that if you walk with a dog in Woolies, no matter if you have public access or not, someone's going to come up to you. <laughs> 100%. So legally, a service dog is considered medical equipment. Obviously, yeah. they have animal rights and they're a creature, but they're considered medical equipment. And so if you pass the tests and it's a qualified service dog, it's medical equipment. And Denying access to a service dog is denying access to someone with disability. Yeah. And that's illegal, first off. Um, it's discrimination. The only exceptions that can deny service dogs, technically, according to the law, are religious places and certain like places in hospitals or like an ambulance if there isn't enough space. Um, like health-related issues, like I can yeah. imagine not allowing a dog into a blood bank, for example. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, but there is a website called Disability Info SM. We'll link and that. They, 
they have um, a bunch of information on all different types of disabilities, but they have a whole section dedicated to service dogs and they explain all the different types. What are some of the tasks the dogs do to help the different disabilities um, help with, sorry. Um, as well as the legal rights behind each service dog and what it means to have a service dog and why you are allowed access. The issue is, so the main person at the organization I'm working with is currently trying to fight for our rights as service dog handlers, um, but just there's not enough education, not enough people know. Um, and unfortunately, there have been some stories where the one girl was tackled by a security guard because... What? So that's going to be... I'm going to have some challenges when Yoda and I are together. Um, we'll just have to yeah. like the brightest color service dog jackets and like matching yes. outfits have, the whole time. Yes. <laughs> branding, just arrows, like coming through. You know, that kind of defeats the whole thing. Are you getting him? But we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's it's part of the reason I want to share my journey so more people can learn. So there's more advocates. There's more people standing up for service of rights and hopefully more organizations becoming more aware and being like, okay, let's do what's right. Let's give access to people. Um We'll get all that info as well where people can go if there's a petition or somewhere where they can sign up to hear news. We'll link all of that below. Okay, um, I'll, give them, I'll give the links to you. Awesome. Um, yeah, what else? Mm. Well, I, I was going to ask you, um, do you know what the rights are of service dog handlers at the moment in South Africa? Because I know, and again, I can't verify this information because... Um, if this is a TikTok information, and as I found out, <laughs> it's not very reliable news source. But um, <laughs> no. um, the the whole thing is like you're not allowed to ask someone who has a service dog what what's your disability. Like, is that um, something that's also got like that's here in South Africa? Do you know? So from what I understand and what I've been told, you are legally allowed to ask, "Is this a service dog?" and task trained um and what are some of the tasks they are they do um you cannot force someone to prove their disability their disability or what's what any of their health issues are you you can't do that it's just it's wrong yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's also wrong to challenge someone if they say they have a disability Exactly. You want me to be more yeah. depressed? Okay, give me a second. <laughs> the situation is doing it for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, yeah, no, you're right. You can't ask someone to explain what their disabilities are and that kind of stuff, but you can ask if a service dog is a service dog and in some cases ask to see proof of their training. Um, do they get like a little driver's license? Um, they get like a certificate okay. as far as I know. I'll update you once you're denied. They get a little driver's license with this little photo. With, like, they are, they are looking, sorry for interrupting, <laughs> they are looking at making like a registr registry for all the service dogs and like throughout the country have like 
or events. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that, that could be an interesting one, especially with like privacy policy and all of that. Yeah. 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 But it's a good idea as well. As, like the same way you could look up a, a license plate number, you could look up is this an actual registered service dog? Yeah. Because that actually, I think people also get confused because you get service dogs, you obviously get guide dogs. You get therapy dogs and then emotional support animals. Yes. Um, so a therapy dog is a dog. I'm just going off here. If you stop me if you need to. A therapy I'm dog. Loving it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A therapy dog is trained to help multiple people. So go to outings at like an old age home or hospital to comfort people. A uh, service dog is trained specifically for a handler that has disabilities. They are specific task trained dogs, so they have very specific tasks that they have to do. Whereas an emotional support animal can be any animal, and legally you have a letter from your doctor or something saying you need an emotional support animal, and that's enough proof to allow your pets in non-pet friendly housing and accommodation. Um, and I, I'm not sure about uh, flights, but airlines also accommodate, I think, emotional support animals. But therapy dogs, from what I understand, are allowed access to most places, but they're there for a purpose, so they're not just going to be walked around randomly in Woolworths, you know? Yeah. Service dogs are allowed everywhere, except religious buildings. They are an extension of you, so that's exactly. why they get Exactly, and then emotional support animals don't legally have the right to be anywhere. Um, yeah, no. I think yeah, because um, but they yeah, that's a it's a difficult one because an emotional support animal also goes through different training and different certifications. Um, yes, yeah, so emotional support animals can be trained hundred percent, but they don't legally have to be. There has to be more empathy. It has to be like a personality trait of theirs rather than yeah. going through training. Yeah. <laughs> and the comfort and the support comes from them being loving and being what they are, whereas a service dog is considered a working dog. Yeah. Um, so both are completely valid and needed and necessary. There's just completely, yeah. a bit of ambiguity around what which one is allowed where and stuff like that because if you google um service dog in south africa guide dogs comes up and then it talks about um if you go into the forums it's like are emotional support animals allowed and it, it is mm. a huge talk around emotional support animals the whole time but yeah. um, task trained service dogs that aren't guide dogs aren't really mentioned and i think that it, it's such a big point that we need to advocate for in the country because there needs to be more awareness around it 100 percent um I also think medical alert dogs, medical alert service dogs, aren't spoken about enough either. Yeah. Um, so that's a big issue. But just quickly back to the emotional support dogs. They 100% could become service dogs if they completed all their training. Yeah. So it's sure. not like, oh, no, you're in awe. It's, it's just yeah. the direction that the handler and the person wants to go in. And... Technically, you don't need to have a disability to have an emotional support dog. Yeah, if you have an yeah. animal that lends you emotional support, that is your emotional support animal. So yeah. 
it's just yeah. you can, if you can train your hamster to do to go on a flight with you by all means do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah the biggest difference is service dogs you have to have a disability um and you have to be able to prove it you have to have the doctor's notes the yes. the recommendations yes. and everything so did you have sorry if this is completely like not something you feel comfortable with answering that's also completely fine but did you have to get a recommendation from your i'm assuming like your therapist or your doctor let's keep it at doctor, um, saying that they think you would be a good fit for a service dog is that what happens? So my audiologist, my psychiatrist, and my therapist all wrote separate letters just validating that, one, I have these disabilities and issues, but, two, they really think that I would benefit from a service dog. Um, yeah, so they have to kind of promote that they genuinely believe a service dog would also help. So it's not just me asking for one. There's professionals thinking that it would help. Were they open-minded when you approached them about it? Like, is that um, something they were really keen on helping with or was it completely new? <laughs> so I've been working with my doctors and therapists for quite a while and they know how much animals mean to me and they've seen how hard I've tried with other methods um, to get better and to be independent and stuff. And when I brought it up and I brought it up with a bunch of research made sure I knew what I knew before I sure. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, and they were completely supportive they thought it was a great idea my psychiatrist had actually worked with a client who has an emotional sport dog and she said oh. that that in itself dramatically changed that person's life so yeah they were very open and supportive of it that's fantastic. That's good to know as well. I think that's also very encouraging for people to know that they can, you know, be comfortable speaking to about their healthcare position yeah. about this, this matter and that it is something that is understood in our country because, you know, not a lot of, again, there is information out there, but it's not mainstreamed at all. So yeah. people don't actually have easy access to these things. No. Um, but it's good to know that there are at least resources from your, you know, doctors yeah. and such. Yeah. Yeah. Right, for sure. Do, do you have any other advice for someone who might be considering a service dog um, or any tips or any don't do what I did? <laughs> um, do as much research as you can, but also be open-minded that there is also false information out there, especially on TikTok. Um, different yeah. countries have different regulations around these things. Don't believe everything on TikTok, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's on TikTok and um, you think, oh, that might be true, true, at least Google it first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's a really big decision to make. It's not, you, you can't just decide a year in, oh, this isn't for me. It's a 10-year at least journey and commitment. Um, and it's also service. Okay, I'm going on a slight side tangent. Service dogs are working dogs, and working dogs can get depressed if they're not working. So if you just want a dog for emotional support, rather look into an emotional support dog. Yeah. If you have specific tasks you need, so for me, when I have a panic attack, a heads up would be really cool, so dogs can use scent to kind of pick up that your body's starting to change. 
and then forcing me to sit down in deep pressure therapy or out in public, he's going to be trained to find an exit. So removing me from the unsafe space. Um, So trying to figure out what tasks could a dog do to help you? And does this make sense? Does, do you have enough requirements for the dog for it to make sense? Or is there... Train it, speak to people. Yeah. And if there isn't, you got to ask yourself, okay, is this something only a service dog could do for me? Or is there an easier alternative? Um, Yeah. That's... Yeah, because I think what a lot of people also don't realize is like, oh, I'm going to get a service dog specifically for my anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is that a dog can actually like amplify those feelings if you are not ready for it. If you are, don't have any other support with that, you have to at least give yourself some space as well to realize that, hey, this is a lot of change for me as well. Mm-hmm. So I think so what you mentioned as well, where Yoda's coming for a sleepover and then goes back i think that's really good as well it also gives you some a chance to also get used to the change and it's not just like okay here you go bye like kind of like they're born yeah yeah that's no it's 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 amazing i think what you're doing is fantastic i think you. you know the links that you're willing to go to to advocate for yourself and claim some you know autonomy back i Thank think you. it's fantastic I that. <clears throat> um, my last little bit of, of advice is you need to be ready for people to stare be confused potentially have some nasty people ask you some inappropriate things. You need to keep the intention that a service dog is going to bring you. It's unfortunate. I'm not going to love even <laughs> You know what? He'll teach you the word no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if, you, if you're okay with that and you're open to that and you feel a service dog's right for you, go for it. Like start, start doing your research and reaching out to different organizations because they also they'll guide you on whether they think it's a right fit or not. Yeah, I think, yeah. So. I think all of these organizations would, would also be extremely open to discussing it and, and really like oh, whether this is a good fit for you because they also have the best interest of the dog in mind at the same time as we don't want to give you a dog that's going to be detrimental to your health or exactly. the. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, no. They, yeah. They're really caring and talented people and they put a lot of effort into the dogs. So not only do they want to help you, they, the dogs prioritize as well. Yeah. Um, and their needs. You, you, so you mentioned the name of the organization training um, Yoda at the moment. What was that? So... The main training organization is called the Smart Dog, but a subsection of the organization is the Smart Service Dog. I'll send their, their link to you. Yeah, for sure. We'll also put that down in the bio if anyone wants to go check out. Um, also, Sky's uh, Backer Buddy page will also be put in the bio. 
uh, into the description if you want to go check it out. Um, please feel free to go have a look at that link. Um, I'll also link Skylar's Instagram page below if you have any questions. You know, you can you can reach out to her, and I'm sure she'd be happy to answer anything. Yeah. I'm speaking on your behalf. I'm so sorry. Please <laughs> <laughs> do reach out. Like I'm more than happy, but please be respectful that I won't always disclose medical information. Yeah, if Sky lets me know that you guys are being mean, I'm going to come for you. So <laughs> be nice, be respectful, just, and help us do some good. Help us get, help us get Sky and Yoda united. And you have to also, Sky, you have to tag us in any updates, please. So oh, I will, I will. Know. Story and once you and Yoda are united and after you're settled, we'll have you on again and then we can all meet Yoda. <laughs> oh, I'm excited! I'm excited too. All the Thank you for sitting down with me and um, really hope that we can help you some good. And um, thank you for educating us and telling us about you know your, your advocacy journey and for yourself and for service dogs in general. Thank you, thank you for the opportunity. Seriously appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks everyone for joining us. Um, probably yeah, uh, my partner and my mom and uh, two other people, so hi. But <laughs> we're going to get this message out there completely. Yes. And we're going to amplify it and we're going to do some good. So let's it. All right, Scott, is there a deadline to the fundraising efforts that you have? Um, the first deadline was 10k to lock in Yoda as a deposit, which we've already met. So thank you. Um, and then the rest of the 120, ideally by June. But okay. the organization and I are in communication. And as long as I keep showing effort for the fundraiser, it's okay. Um, well, let's do it. <laughs> Let's keep going and let's do some good, guys. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on this journey. If you would like to contribute to Skylar's cause, all the links will be down in the description. You can also find more information about everything that we discussed. Um, and if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at blockpettalk, all one word, at gmail.com. Um, or if you have any questions, you may respectfully enter Skylar's inbox if it pertains to her fundraising calls. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining, and we'll see you next time.